there. I'm Jacob Harmon from JMH Media. Welcome to TrustCast. I am intrigued by trust. In fact, I find myself thinking about trust and building trust all the time. Our governments, economies, and even our personal lives are completely built on trust. Think about it. Trust is even at the very soul of our marketing objectives. If a customer trusts us, they're more willing to buy from us. So how do we build trust with customers at scale? Especially when we live in an increasingly digital world where consumers are less trusting than ever. On this podcast, we break through the noise and focus on the ultimate keystone metric that matters. Our primary objective, trust. Alright, welcome back to another episode of TrustCast. It's actually been a while since I've been here because I pre-recorded a bunch of episodes, so it feels great to be podcasting again. And I'm especially excited because today I have Drew Avernon with me, and he is in the weeds when it comes to marketing. So I'm really excited to talk marketing with a fellow marketer. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm doing great, yeah. I'm happy to be here, and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, and one of the things that most fascinate me, and I really want to dive into it in this conversation, is the whole physical product space. I mentioned briefly before we jumped on this call that because I offer a service, um, Mm -hmm. I think that I tend to skew the podcast towards, let's talk about services, let's talk about selling services and marketing services and, and personal branding and how to brand yourself for services. So I haven't really had the opportunity to talk a lot about marketing an actual physical product. But that's what you and your company do, is you actually sell a physical product. So before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit about what is it that you sell so that we can better understand how you market that object. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm currently working with a a company called Tony's. Uh, For those uh, viewing the YouTube uh, channel, I've got a point of sale display behind me. Um, But uh, for your listeners, you'll just have to imagine a a point of sale display with a bunch of characters called Tonys. Those are our figures. They are paired with the Tony box, which is our flagship product. So it's about a five inch cube. It's a digital speaker system for kids and it's screen free. So it was founded by a couple of dads who wanted to provide an alternative to uh, screened entertainment. And so they created this speaker system that uses the characters. Okay. And if I understand correctly, basically you put characters literally on the speaker and then it just starts to play sounds that are related to those characters. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So if you think of like a CD player, CDs have been around for, you know, 30 years. There's, they scratch, they break, and most importantly, kids can't use them without adult supervision, at least the young kids. And so that's kind of the purpose of the Tonys is it's like your CD. So it's a, you know, physical asset. I'm holding one in my hand to trying to describe it. So we've got two kinds of Tonys. One is called a content Tony. These are pre-programmed to play different types of songs or stories. Uh, so I'm holding Peter Rabbit in my hand here. If you were to put him on the box, he's magnetic. He'll stay on there even if you turn him upside down. Uh, there's a platform on the top of the box. And uh, to wake it up, you just squeeze one of the ears. It'll make a wake-up sound. It'll take a second. It's going to start playing Peter Rabbit story that's on this Peter Rabbit Tony. So we'll give it just a second here. There you go. So there's a little bit of a musical prelude. It'll get into the story. You can actually chapter select by whacking it on the side of the box. 
it'll uh, advance it to the next chapter. There's also a, a fast forward function by tilting it at a 45 degree angle. And uh, to pause or stop, you just take the figure off of the toning box. Interesting. Um, so as a father myself, <laughs> I, I'm very fascinated in this idea because uh, I like the idea of merging the physical and the digital. Um, obviously, I'm very much into digital and digital marketing and web design is what I do. Um, but I feel like too much too much digital and too much screen time is definitely a problem for kids. So that's super, super fascinating to me. Yeah, there's two uh, two sides to that, right? You said the screen free. You know, especially with the pandemic, but even pre-pandemic, kids are, are glued to their screens hours and hours a day. And they do it because they see us do it. We do it, too. And so to be able to provide something that's as engaging as a video game or as engaging as a TV show, but to do it in an audio-only way, I think it is really cool. And then your other thing about just being a very tactile experience so you can hold the figures they're collectible the box itself is squeezable it's got a layer of foam around it and it's very much a tactile physical thing to your point mm -hmm. yeah so i guess especially since you're talking about tactile um and how it actually feels in the hand i assume that that's a pretty big piece of marketing a physical product um is very much talking about the features talking about how it feels how it, this our senses right the seed smell touch feel like all those things that we experience the world around us i bet you with physical products that's even more important than with a service or, or an online good yeah, uh, I think there's something to that. You know, when you are trying to in introduce a brand to somebody, the first thing that they learn about you is what you smell like, what you sound like, what you look like. We use our senses to, to gauge, to size up anything, and, and then we learn more about it and we begin to get an emotional attachment. So um, I, I think that might be an advantage of a physical good over a service is that you can see and touch and feel it. Yeah. And when you do your marketing, I mean, you mentioned the point of sale stand behind you. Um, is a lot of the marketing in the physical space actually centered around what it's going to look like in a store? Uh, yeah. So this is actually our, our point of sale display that goes into hundreds of independent uh, toy retailers across the country. Uh, and so we, you know, designed it with, you know, specific objectives in mind, you know, around, you know, stop, hold, close. You know, what is this thing? Uh, why should I care about it? And, uh, you know, how can I learn more about it and, and eventually purchase it? Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the things that you guys are looking for when you're, when you're marketing this physical product? What are some of the metrics that you measure and what are the goals that you go for? Yeah, I, I think, you know, taking a look at right now, I, I should mention it's a German company started about five years ago and just went crazy. They call it Tony Mania because they're flying off the shelves. You know, when COVID hit, especially parents are looking for screen free options. You know, a lot of toys and puzzles, you know, uh, those of us in the industry have seen just like ton of, you know, accelerated sales. Uh, they expanded into the UK and we just got to the United States last fall. So we're a few months into it. We haven't sold 2 million boxes like they have in Germany. We're trying to make a name for ourselves. And the biggest thing is just to let people know what it is and what it does. And that's kind of different. Uh, it's difficult 
to introduce a new product category to an audience because you can't just show a picture or do a reminder message. You really have to start from scratch. You have to tell your story. You have to uh, illustrate, you know, why it works, why it's adding value to families, why they would benefit from, you know, giving their child an engaging toy. Yeah, and when you're when you're marketing a physical product, I guess I assume you're selling these online, but also in physical stores. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we have a few hundred independent toy retailers. We're in FAO Schwartz in New York, uh, and then mostly online through Amazon and D2C. Okay. So when someone sees your product in a store, um, I assume that oftentimes that's the first time they've ever encountered it, um, unless they've seen something online, an ad, or or listen to a podcast like this or something, then they probably haven't actually encountered that product before. Um, what are some yeah. of the things that you guys think of to try to make sure that, that they notice? Yeah. Yeah, so that's different by channel. So in our independent toy retail channel, that's where we have the point-of-sale displays. So we have the big Tony figure on the top. Uh, that's kind of cute and draws in your attention. We've also got like a Tony box that's mounted that you can put the the Tony figures on that'll play uh, the content. So that's a very tactile uh, demonstration that gets people to immediately like understand what it is and what it does. You know, when you're in a big box retailer like Walmart or Target, you can't really do that. Um, super expensive, and usually you're just going to have to rely on your packaging. So that's mm. where your packaging, you know, we have this, you know, seven inches cubed, basically, is what the starter set comes in. That gives you how many panels? Six panels minus the bottom. The bottom is a throwaway. That gives you five <laughs> panels, basically, to tell your story. And each one of those panels has to do a different job. You know, because all they see at the shelf is the front panel. So that's got to mm -hmm. grip them and make them pick it up and look at the sides and the back and the top. And each one of those panels is designed to, to sell a different part of the story. Interesting. Yeah. And, and sorry for comparing digital things because that's the world I come from. But it makes, it makes me think of like the front page of your website, right? And specifically the top fold of that website, the, the thing that they see before they even scroll. Like that has right. got to be the most important piece that really catches their attention so that they will look at the rest of the page or go to other pages on the site. Yeah. And, and you're, you know, even if they come to your site, like you've already gained a huge win because, you know, getting someone to your site is the first challenge. Um, but yeah, holding them there and, and really giving them, uh, you know, them, them giving you five to 10 seconds before they bounce, you got to intrigue them and give them that hook that's going to make them want to scroll down and click through to the other tabs. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to dive into a little bit more of that, that idea of the different panels. What did you guys put on the front of the box and, and what made you think about what was the psychology behind deciding the, what to put there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think this is unique to Tony's. I think, you know, your front panel has got a hero of the product, like what comes in this box. You know, we don't have any window packaging, so it's it's literally just like for our Tony box, it's showing the Tony box. Uh, it shows that a character goes on the box. And then one of the, the really tricky things uh, with packaging and with a lot of our communication is how you demonstrate sound visually. And mm -hmm. so we can't play you know sound from the packaging 
So we have to show it with doodles and musical notes, and we have to try to visualize the sound coming out of the speaker box. So that's kind of like our first um, priority on the, the front panel, not to mention the, the brand mark that shows you know who we are. Very interesting. And so transitioning a little bit more to the digital strategy behind selling a physical product, um, I assume you guys have a website. Uh, do you do any ads? Are you driving traffic to specifically target people to, to purchase? Or how does that strategy look on the digital side? Uh, yeah, so uh, we do have our direct-to-consumer site at Tony's.com. It's a great experience. Uh, if you go there, you'll see our full assortment, uh, you know, very demonstrative visual assets. We work with a really great creative agency, and then we also have a really smart e-commerce team that's, you know, putting out messages and, and getting people uh, across the Internet, whether it be, you know, search, display, or social media. Very cool. Awesome. So because this show is called TrustCast, <laughs> I really I, I want to understand a little bit of how t- important is trust in a physical product space? Um, I know that if somebody's bought a Tony, I don't know whether they would buy a second Tony or not, um, but I assume that they would probably tell friends and family if they loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how important is trust in the Tony's brand and what do you guys do to, to foster trust? Yeah. So your, uh, your point about, you know, getting an additional one, we find, you know, families with multiple kids, they, they want to have a Tony box for each of their kids and then once you get them in with the Tony box, that's really just the starting experience because we have a library of Tonys, you know, growing every month. We're bringing in all these titles from favorite literary characters, blockbuster movies, TV. We're getting into meditation and, and calming. So there's definitely a reason to keep somebody in the Tony's family, which, getting back to your question, requires trust because mm. the age that we live in with brands isn't, you know, here's your product, have a nice day, see you never. It's we're building a community. And if you want to be a truly lifestyle brand, you foster that community and you give something more to somebody than the product that you sell. You give them, you know, playing with their kids. You give them, you know, a connection. You give them education. You give them opportunity. You give them imagination. Like these are all the intangibles that go above and beyond a product. And none of those can happen if you don't foster a community of trust. Ooh, I love that. That I love the fact that you talked about the intangibles and the real value that you provide. I feel like too often in business, people will sell a product or a service um, rather than the value that that product or service brings. Um, and I think that's one of the major mistakes when it comes to selling and to marketing is just understanding what value do I bring and then how do I communicate that value to my potential clients. Sure. Yeah, and I see it as a continuum, really, because, you know, I I see it as a communication hierarchy where if I'm coming to you as someone who's never heard of Tony's, I can't talk to you about building your trust and imagination. I have to tell you, hey, I have a Tony box. It plays music. It's great for kids. It's screen free. You whack it to advance the track. That's my introduction message to you as a, a new person. And then if you buy a Tony box, then I can tell you about all the benefits for your kids. I can tell them how you know we can foster creativity by allowing them to, to write their own stories and, and songs and poems and put them on a creative Tony. But I'm not going to ever get you to that message of the intangibles until I build that foundation of you knowing what my product is and why it can benefit you. 
Hmm. Okay. Super interesting. That's a really cool feature. Um, so that you, they can actually record their own audio and put them on their own Tony. Uh, yeah. So we've got the content Tonys like Peter Rabbit, all the Disney favorites, um, some of our own classic tales and, and such. Those are content Tonys. We also have another side to the Tonys called creative Tonys. They come empty. It's kind of like a, a flash drive or an empty CD, whatever you want to call it. It's just memory. So you can use our app to upload your own content. It could be from the kids writing songs and stories. We've actually found that one of the most popular uses is from grandparents. So they can be, you know, on the other side of the country, use our app to record a favorite bedtime story. And in 10 seconds, they upload it onto the Tony for the child to be able to listen to on demand from grandpa. Oh, that is really cool. And can you override that? So if you recorded one message, can you change that message in the future? Or is it one-time writing? Yeah, it's just like a track listing, like on a CD or anything. You can do up to 99 tracks, up to 90 minutes, and that you can edit them or delete them or hmm. uh, change the order. Uh, it's all customizable on the app. Very cool. <laughs> Sorry, as a parent, I'm just fascinated. I think I'm going no, to No, it's great because, you know, I'm a dad. I've got three kids. Um, and you know, I started out by saying, Hey, go record something under the Tony and my kids will go off and they'll giggle on it and they'll like make some weird noises and they'll take like five minutes and that's all fun. And so I've found that if I give them like more specific instructions, they'll like go off and play longer. So I'll tell them to go off in the corner and write uh, a song about <laughs> worms that has four verses and has to rhyme and I give them all these boundaries and they'll go off in the corner for like 45 minutes. They'll come back and re record it on a creative Tony. And I've just bought myself like an hour of like peace and quiet without a screen. <laughs> That's the selling feature right there to parents. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. Um, so we're actually already talking about this, but I'd like to talk a little bit about target markets. You mentioned grandparents. Uh, that That's a really cool feature. Um, we're talking about parents. And obviously you're selling to the kids too. I know personally, if I go to the store, my my kid actually is paying attention to the marketing and advertising <laughs> more than I am. She wants to buy literally everything we pass. Uh, how old <laughs> and, is she? Uh, I got a three-year-old. Three-year-old. So. Okay, so yeah, she's right in the uh, we, in uh, in the toy industry. We call that pester power. <laughs> well, she definitely has it. She has a lot of pester power. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you guys think about the different target markets and how do you actually create different um, marketing objectives to reach all those markets? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the product itself appeals to a lot of people. You know, we're, we're even getting these into like some retirement homes because the elderly, you know, lose motor function in their hands and they can easily, you know, put a Tony on a Tony box to to play content. Are we going to go after and target grandparents um, or for the, the elderly for their own use? Maybe someday, but right now we ha we're going in on mostly a, a parent target, you know, parents with young kids. Uh, and so we've got mom as a target. We've got dad. You know, dad is, has increasingly become a target. You know, four years ago when I started in toy back at Lego, we barely ever talked about dad. Mm -hmm. And I think now, um, you know, dads are becoming a bigger part of their kids' lives because a lot of them are working from home. A lot of them are helping with the childcare and the, the driving to, to school. I know I'm doing that more uh, personally. And so I think more and more dads are becoming uh, purchase, you know, drivers um, in the toy category. So we're looking at both kind of separately. Very interesting. And do you find uh, that it's 
helpful to look at multiple markets or is it is it usually easier or more effective to really focus on one market even though your product can serve multiple markets uh yeah in, ter- in terms of communication targets i think we're trying a, a few different things we're still just a few months into our launch so we know that you know mom is a big um purchaser of children's toys um so that's where i would say our primary focus is but we also want to see where dad spends his time. You know, we got uh, Parents Magazine said we were one of the top 10 products coming out of CES for for families. And so that was great for moms, but dads didn't care about what Parents Magazine had to say so much. Like they were more interested in, in, you know, the fast company, you know, becoming one of the most innovative companies in education. Like that caters Mm. more to the dads that read fast company. Interesting. Um, and so those placements in magazines like Fast Company and Parents Magazine, um, were those that, – that seems like an interesting PR um, idea. And how did you guys – how were you guys able to get featured in those types of magazines? Uh, both of those were awards. So we do have kind of like our print strategy where, you know, we're contacting those magazines and, and, you know, doing digital campaigns and print campaigns. Um, but we also are, you know, applying for the awards and we're getting some recognition based on our success in Europe and what we're starting to see in the U.S. Well, that's really cool. Are those rewards that the magazines actually give out themselves? Or is there is there a place where you can go to research, hey, what rewards can we apply for? Uh, yeah, so you anyone can apply to be, you know, mo- Fast Company's most innovative companies. You you tell them about yourself. You show them some of your, your success, what you've done uh, with your market strategy. And they review those all and they, they pick the winners. Super interesting. Okay. Yeah, those are all areas of marketing that I have never even thought of, let alone <laughs> explored. And and that's one of the things that's so interesting about marketing to me is that there's just so many different mediums and so many different places um, that you could market a product or a service. And it's just a matter of finding where your target market is, where they're at, and and meeting them where they are. Yeah, it's a right person, right message, and right time. Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. Okay. <laughs> um, well, is there anything else that we haven't talked about yet when it comes to branding, marketing, uh, physical products that that you think is, is important that we touch on? I. Uh- I would say a big focus for me is just, you know, uh, with how marketing has changed over the last five, 10 years, there's, there's a ton of influencer marketing now. So a lot of people working on lifestyle brands, like that's an integral part. Some brands do it really well. Some brands, I don't think quite get it. They think that, you know, an influencer is, you know, an affluent mom on Instagram. Um, (laughs) and that's one definition of an influencer, but I try to be you know, a little bit more specific in who are the people with influence uh, for mom and dad. How do I um, reach that person and get them on board to, you know, promote our product? And and so I think that's a big part of what I try to do as a marketer is to find the people who influence others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, at the end of the day, I think the thread that's been present throughout the entire interview is just having an actual strategy, you know, um, and thinking, thinking through it. I think all too often as marketers, it's easy to just kind of throw a bunch of content out there, do a bunch of things. Um, but really being strategic about those things and thinking about them and being conscious about what you're doing is important. Yeah, totally agree. 
Awesome. Well, Drew, where can we go to learn more about you, to learn more about Tony's? Um, if we want to go purchase a Tony, what's the best place to do that? Uh, tell, tell us where we can find you. Uh, yeah, me personally, you can probably find me on LinkedIn. That's uh, the best place to find me. Anybody you know interested in learning more about you know partnerships or things like that can reach out to me. Otherwise, uh, Tony's is tonys.com, T-O-N-I-E-S.com. Instagram, tonys.us, all the socials. Uh, and then I actually like to plug our community group on Facebook. There's a, a Facebook group called Tony Box USA. It's not run by me. It's not run by the company. It's our growing kind of network mm-hmm. of Tony's fans that talk to each other about creative ways to use the Tony's and, and to accessorize the Tony Box. And they do all kinds of fun stuff that I like to, uh, to plug because they're much more creative than I am. <laughs> Super cool. Well, thank you so much. I've learned a lot about marketing physical products. So like I said, that's not a space that I've been very familiar with. So it's been really enlightening and I'm so happy that we were able to, to have this chat, Drew. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much, Jacob. Uh, yeah. Pleasure being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Trustcast. This podcast has been a production of JMH Media. I'm Jacob Harmon, and I've been your host. The TrustCast podcast team consists of Josh Harmon and Steve Hill. I really couldn't do this without them. Music licensing comes thanks to Epidemic Sound. And if you've liked what you've heard, we invite you to subscribe to TrustCast in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help. Join us next time as we continue to break through the noise by building real human connections and trust in business. See you then.